and welcome to The Raw Bar. I'm Goddess Cecilia, sexuality and pleasure educator slash consultant. I've invited my friends and colleagues to sit, snack, and get real and probably a little salty about sexuality and pleasure. We've also saved a seat for you. Grab a drink, something to munch on, and your willingness to explore and experience something new and pleasurable. Welcome to the Raw Bar. This is sort of my attempt at like just trying to do something a little different, like connecting with the people that I haven't seen in person in like a really long time. And also like, I feel like I know a lot of very like open and honest people. And so it gives me an opportunity to like, you know, share some like real, real shit with people. So, okay, let me read your bio and then I'll start, I'll start asking a couple questions. So, Jiminika Eborn is a queer trauma media consultant, comprehensive sex educator, and sexual assault and trauma expert who has worked in mental health for the past 13 years in sex education and sexual trauma support. Jiminika is the founder of Tending the Garden, a supportive space for sexual assault survivors of different marginalized identities and co-founder of Centauri Co., bringing increased representation to the field of intimacy coordination in the film industry. I mean, just so much. You're doing hard shit. Like, that's real. So I kind of know how a little bit of like your journey, but I would I would love for you to share your journey with us. Like, how did you become the trauma queen? Yeah, well, you know, some people are like, it seems like you came out of nowhere. I'm like, does it? Because it feels like I've been working fucking for it. But I'll do a quick run through. Trigger warnings. Because we have trigger warnings. Because they're helpful. Death, rape, men, I don't know. Right? Like trauma. Assault. So I grew up calling myself a child of trauma. My mother was murdered when I was one in front of me by my possible sperm donor. And we just call him possible. Because we all know that man. Whatever. Rotten prison. And I was raised with my grandparents, amazing. I grew up as a law and order SVU child, wanted to be a detective. So I went to college, going through it. And I went to college for criminal justice. And I was like, ooh, your burnout rate is like a year. And I don't want this. And while I was trying to navigate all the things, I was partying and doing all this stuff. But my third year of college, I was raped. And I like to specify that sexual assault is the umbrella and rape is underneath the umbrella because not all rape is sexual assault. We're already learning, y'all. We're learning. And I like to state, because for some people assume, some people assume that you're always like out or partying. I was at home in my bed. So normalizing, again, that there's different ways that we are harmed. And so I was working in mental health. I worked with juvenile sex offenders. I worked with women, children babies, just the gamut of humans and in between. And I'm, I did weddings and worked with infants because you got to have happy things with all the balance. Eventually, I was just burned out from mental health and being the only black woman in most of those places. We can talk about it. I said, I want to find something that's like ever evolving. And I was like, sex. My mom was like, what in the hell? And I didn't know what I wanted to do. But everyone was talking about the fun things, the lubes, the toys. And I'm like, yeah, but what about trauma right like mm. there's people that talk about trauma and I'm not taking anything from that like that exists and I figured 
I don't believe in like necessarily needing to reinvent the wheel. It's like seeing where things are missing. And I was like, oh, what if we just talked to people instead of at people? What if we gave them space to seek the support they need and not tell them what they need? Mm-hmm. And so that's how we got here. And the Trauma Queen podcast, which is done because it was a short time, but we will come back with more things. It was created because I was tired of teaching in that regular teaching setting. And I wanted to do something fun and people like to tell me things. So I was like, how do we make it still a teachable moment and hold space for survivors at the same time? There you have it. There you have it. Well, so what are your current projects right now? <laughs> <laughs> if you can list all of them. I'm literally supposed to be writing an article for Well and Good. That was due mm. yesterday. I have some podcasts that I've done that are coming out. I filmed a TV show thing that's coming out. I am separating, uh, tending the garden, as you mentioned, has been it's mm-hmm. a nonprofit that's been sponsored under the Effing Foundation, and we are currently separating and making its own standalone nonprofit, which is scary. But board meeting on Saturday, I have a board. Oh my god! And so it's that's amazing, and you know, just projects come up. We are grading finals soon for Freeco, so like. I'm a, I'm a different kind of teacher. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I think, um, I think in this day and age, I feel like the public deserves different kinds of teachers, you know, like, sorry to say this, but like academia is great and so outdated. As a lifetime student who's taking two classes right now, cause I, I have a problem. I'm doing sexual investigation at graduate certification Because I really want to know, like, what their mindset is, like, in the field of, like, policing and whatnot. So I need to know Mm. all the I can argue them down. Hey, yes. (laughs) Yes. Valuable, extremely. I mean, not for nothing, but some of them need to be argued with. And, like, there's so much of the, like, the language that gets utilized by so many different people, myself included, that ends up not meaning anything after some time because then like that other side will weaponize it and like you know and and it's just no yeah it becomes less and less effective absolutely so now in this past year of trauma and in all of the things that you're doing how do you stay grounded you know i saw that you asked me that question and i was like who the hell is grounded (laughs) that's legit (laughs) response of like who said anybody was grounded over here you know for me is always just being honest that every day is different, right like mm-hmm. some days I wake up and I'm like this ain't it another day I might wake up and be like I should masturbate to start the day right or I might wake up and be like okay today I got it so feeling grounded in my body looks different every day and it mm-hmm. also throughout the day like I'm like yes I'm doing it right now and then I'm like it's two o'clock I'm gonna go take a bath it's done I've decided right like I think there's waves of being grounded in your body also acknowledging that we are still actively in a pandemic although so many people are like oh my god it's over I'm like where we're dying still people are literally still dying on top of the overall murders the kidnappings the you know the poison Right now, like, all the drugs are laced. Drugs supposed to be fun. Now they all laced. People are dying. Like, some days... And not even just the dying, right? Like, there's the consequences of dying. I just I just saw the 
oh my god, I already forgot the number because numbers and math are not my thing. But it's like a huge number, the number of people who have been orphaned due to COVID. Mm-hmm. It's devastating. Right. The ongoing trauma, right? Like, so being grounded is like having to get, maybe getting through your day that day. So sometimes me being grounded is saying, I'm laying in bed and watching wrestling all day. I got snacks. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's my honest answer. My grounded looks different. It's fluid. <laughs> but that's important, right? Because I do feel like I wanted to ask that question specifically because I knew you'd, knew, you'd know how to answer that. Because I do feel like everyone, there's, there, and, and I talk a lot about like self-care and that sort of thing in a lot of the, in a lot of my social media and all that. But I try to make it clear that it's like, this is just one and it's never the, the one, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no such thing. Yeah. I have like a bag of like, this is not it today. Like a Mary Poppins bag of like yes. tricks on how do you just navigate, right? Like I've even tried to stop saying, and I haven't figured out my language yet. I'm trying to stop mm. saying, how are you healing? Like, what's your healing journey? Because it feels like we set people up for like this goal that maybe theirs looks different compared to other people and it like fucks them up. How are you navigating? I love that. How are you navigating? It's very oceanic. Says the mermaid. Oh, right? Like, things are constantly coming at us and moving. Like, how'd you dodge that huge ice? Like, what did you do? Right. Right. And it doesn't even have to be ice. Like, I think about, like, being at the beach. And there are times when, like, if you're at the edge of the water, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, these waves are, like, great. And then you turn to the side, like, at a quarter angle, and the next wave knocks your ass down. What are you describing? 2020? 21? What's could possibly be our future at this point. <laughs> like, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the whole thing is that it's like, I'm kind of wondering, like, what things about trauma and healing or navigating, like, what are the hard truths that you think people aren't actually ready for? That there sometimes is no endpoint, right? Like, that's why I'm like, stop chasing this narrative of like, well, now I'm healed. Because honestly, you might be healed and then you can still be triggered and then you're back mm-hmm. with, right? Like, I think there's just the idea of like, well, once I do all these things and I go to therapy and I do this and then maybe I found a shroom journey, like, cool, support it, did it all, do it all, right? Like, I think just changing that idea and also changing that you have to be, ooh, there we go, be this mm-hmm. like super survivor right like the idea of some people being like well I've been doing all these things so I should be like there is no super survivor right like and also fun fact all of my trauma people are like I don't have and I'm like you might have a different trauma but we all have trauma in America are you living breathing have you been alive in 2020 2021 at least men you've been through a pandemic we all have a different level of trauma so the comparison, it also throw that shit out. It doesn't matter. We all have our different fucked up, fuckity upness, fuckity upness, fuckity upness for real. Oh my gosh, there's there's been a lot of conversation, interestingly, within the Filipino community because there's this like I feel like people of the younger generations, starting from us elder millennials to lower. Oh, are, I'm tired of this. girl. Look, I I will fucking murder someone if they call me a geriatric millennial i will 
You might want to do I will... it. it. just threatens people's lives. I don't know. That's true. Look, I'm not okay with it. I just don't like it. We're not going to be friends if someone differs that way. So in the Filipino community, there's a lot of, like, talk more and more recently about, like, our trauma, our, like, collective trauma. And the fact that there's even this, like, extremely annoying, like, people in the Philippines versus literally everyone else, like, the diaspora. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, it, it's it's the most random because, the, I mean, and at the same time, it isn't, like, it's, it's extremely, like, you see it in so many other things, right? This happened with a lot of African-Americans and folks in Africa, and this is happening more, so, at least it's being much more publicized and much more talked about within the community and, and like, everywhere else on social media. And it's just interesting to note, like, the things that people are, are talking about. And it's like, hey, we all have a very shared history of trauma. And some people are, are more willing to realize that, like, oh, there's some repercussions to that. And, like, others are like, no. You know, like, yeah, we were colonized by Spain and the U.S. and Japan for a little bit. But we're fine. I have no, I have zero actual feelings about that but here I go with my like papaya soap to make my skin lighter and like I want to make sure that I pinch the bridge of my nose so that I look I have a sharper nose like that doesn't it's not a thing it's not a real thing but apparently it's a thing that all of our families thought was a thing we should try the adaptation and then I often think about what adaptations like just for survivors right like how to mm. adapt to not being as again seen as normal and not being like sad and broken because then people start to oh it's like I'm here I'm moving I don't really have time to talk we're doing the thing right now but if you think about it when you bring in other marginalizations like you were just talking mm -hmm. about you have that aspect then you have the Filipino aspect then you got people in the Philippines that are judging you for being here like it's a shit show sometimes yeah and, like coming at us like literally at all sides oh yeah yeah and so it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's still so surprising to me that people think, oh, you know, I'm good. And I think it's a little, I wonder if it's a little bit part of their, like, trying to keep themselves, like, safe mentally, right? Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. Everything's fine. Well, they say ignorance is bliss. I don't know her, but I really want to try her out because I'm, I know a lot of, I want to try being ignorant. These people just seem like they're chilling. I'm over here stressing. Um, I don't have hair anymore. And they... <laughs> are just fucking living their lives. I want to know. What, what does ignorance taste like? Let's give me a sample. Like Costco. Oh my god. It's probably very bland. <laughs> like, I was going to say salty, and I'm like, no, that would make you not ignorant. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I wish I did. Yeah, I imagine it tastes like, um, I don't even know what is something bland that I've put in my mouth recently. I won't have it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I like it. It's that. That face that you made, that's, that's what I think ignorance tastes like. <laughs> so now you as a, as a human, like, I kind of want to mention a little bit like how you and I met. It was totally like, it was all you. <laughs> and it was us on like a private Facebook group. And I don't even know how it came up. Like, I, maybe like, we were talking, someone, I was asking, answering someone's questions or something like that. And you were like, I also like a sex educator and I'm going to this thing that's happening later this summer. And I said, Oh my gosh, 
there's a person that's going to this thing that I thought about going, but wasn't sure if I should go. And now I maybe might know somebody, so I won't feel so lonely. That's it. Just had us in the woods. Oh, there were so many spiders. The one state that I remember once upon a time saying, I just have no interest ever visiting that state ever. And then I found myself there twice. I don't need to go back either because the oh. race is on the way. Yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> there was the whole, uh, oh, you weren't on the bus, weren't, right? Like You weren't on the bus the second year? That's a whole nother pot. Like, that's a whole nother episode just to tell that goddamn story. <laughs> so we're not. That should just be called squad creation. <laughs> Seriously. The, ba- the, the backstory, the epilogue. But since that time, you, like, honed in, and you were like, let's fucking do this. And just you just went for it, and you created so many amazing things. And, like, I've just been extremely impressed, right? Because I feel like I see a lot of that in a lot of people, but they don't necessarily actually go and create all the things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but what I see, and maybe it's more me comparing what I am not doing to what you're doing, but you are really good at like, this is what I need to get done. I have a bunch of people who are going to help me get it done. Do you feel that way? Now I do. It's about time you listen to Virgin Territory, a podcast brought to you by Shift. Each episode brings you new guests and new topics, and we ask all the questions you are dying to know. From dating, sexual education and wellness, to kink, polyamory, and everything in between. Subscribe to our episodes by visiting virginterritorypod.org or listen on your favorite streaming media. Now, right? Like before I was like, I have to do it all myself, right? Mm. All there's the whole trust thing. I had had business partners that were T-Rash. And then it's like creating my babies, right? Like, and being mm. able to trust people. And I had, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but I had a manager that turned out to not be up and up on things. That's the way I can say it. And that also made me question my trust again, because that person was also my friend. And then I had to really spend some time and with my therapist, shout out to Betty, like work through what trust is. Because when you're creating, that's your baby. It's always your baby. And you can't just be handing your kids off to strangers, especially nope. if involves bank accounts, okay? <laughs> and routing numbers. Um, but I have given like more space. Like I have my right hand human, Jess helps me every day. Uh, I'd be like, I'm so, so glad you're still here. Let me give you a raise so you don't leave me. And then for tending the garden, I have three amazing humans that have one, they fit into the different marginalizations that we want to create. One of them is a white woman, but we also limited on white folks, which is the purpose. But I do trust them to also have their own vision. And I think in any relationship, you have to trust that the other person will show up. Oh, hey, Jess, I see you. That the other person will also show up and tell you when shit's not right. And I trust that the folks that I now have to be like, hey, I was wondering, hey, I got a question or this doesn't feel good. And I trust that like it's coming from a good place or even though I'd be like, you shouldn't take this job. This shit sound wild. Hold on, let me share. I Googled them. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, tell me, right? Like, so I have been able to trust people, but it's fucking hard. Yeah, I feel that very deeply. It's real hard, but I'm thankful that I have found these humans and 
every day is different because we're doing some wild things. And the fact that a lot of the things I'm doing, people have started or done in different variants. And so I can't compare things. It's really annoying. Like tending the garden, I can't compare to other things. And I'm like, I feel like someone should have done a retreat. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's me. I'm the one that's doing the retreat. Okay, so someone's going to look at what I'm doing. Yeah, 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 they are. So what would you say to someone that has a hard time asking for help? Specifically me, but really to anybody. I'm not talking about anybody, but you know, it's fine. You know what I tell when I teach survivor classes? I tell them to start small. Like if you feel like there's someone that's going to like be beneficial or you know that they are like a star in certain things, give them a low level task that isn't super weighted. So if it doesn't work out, you're good. But if it does, you can give them a different task and you give them more and you start to build that trust. If you just give them like, here's my whole bank account. Can you do this? And they fuck it up. You're like, wait a minute. So giving them those small tasks that's not too major will allow you to kind of build up trust. And mm. I mean, don't set them up to fail because then you're just an asshole. But like, <laughs> right. thing, yeah, all small things over and over again, you start to really trust that person. And again, you get to learn like the best ways that they show up in your life. And you're like, cool, mm. you're so great at this thing for me. Not at this though. Like don't, don't count no numbers. That's not your jam. But over here, you're great at this, right? So it's, it's the small buildup of trust. Definitely a hard thing. And I, and I think it helps to, to like think about the people that you want to work with. You were saying like, <laughs> you know, you, to make sure that the people that you're working with are also in marginalized communities and so I feel like that like that knowing that that's what you want you end up sort of like building that instead of just being like oh I don't know you know like someone random who can help me like it's very specific yeah I think people also go to like the names people are like oh I have to do things with this person because they already have a name and it's like yeah, and but how are you building your name if you're constantly under someone else? But also create your own space. There is enough space. I know some people in sex that believe that they are the only one, and we won't talk about it today. No, that's not today's episode. Maybe, maybe in a little bit, and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, there is enough room for everyone. And I think like creating with other people that maybe haven't been given that space, but mm. have as much emotion and connection to the things that you're doing you're gonna get a better product which people like authenticity after a while they're like this is cool no this is bullshit like they can smell it and i i personally believe that survivors can smell things sooner than others like again that's another thing that people are like survivors are so sad and weak and we do question our intuition after you know we've been harmed I think our intuition gets stronger yeah. I had to explain this early on in, in our relationship, my relationship with Andrew, because he is very much like he very lovey dovey and like very touchy. And when he is having, when he has anxiety, like in public places, what he wants to do is like go inward to me and me as a, as the sexual assault survivor, I'm like aware of fucking everything. everything. Right. Like I'm, I know what that motherfucker has in their cart at Trader Joe's. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Andrew's like, I'm coming in to hug you. And I'm just like, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It happened so many times. And like, eventually he was like, oh, you know, like we have very different 
responses to when I got excited. Yeah, you did. That was a very cool uh, visual representation of what happens. That's literally what has happened sometimes. And then he gets, he got, you know, like he used to get so like bummed out about it. And then I would be like wanting to take care of him, but also knowing that I needed to take care of myself at the same time, like that whole, that whole fight. And eventually it was like, oh, okay. There has to be like the check-in like, Hey, you know, like I'm feeling a little bit anxious. Can I like hug you? Can I hold your hand? And I can be like, okay, great. You can hug me, but also I'm just, you know, peek over your shoulder so I can keep being aware of everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think just walk around in such an in heightened state. Now that's probably, I mean, that's another reason why I constantly remind people like to stop and take a breath because Mm. holding our breath, waiting for that next, what if, or who's around the corner, like what they got in their car. Is that a rope and some tape? What's happening? Like we're in heightened that sometimes it's just so draining. Oh yeah. Can't turn it off because listen, my life, your life, all of our lives. Oh yeah. It's, it's nonstop. And then you throw a child into the mix and it's just like, Lord, yeah, a whole nother level. Throw nothing into my mix. I'm with my dog. Yeah. Well, you're, you're around cute little doggies, aren't yeah. you? I already have like five dogs in my life. Do I really need a new one? And they're my favorite kind. Like I love them and then I leave them. That's always a good thing. I highly, highly recommend that for fun supporter of your friend's children fur and humans yes and then you're like okay bye and the child bag or the dog. so what would you say in all of the things that you've done what are you feeling the most proud of in this moment i think the trauma queen podcast was a beautiful journey for me and also i think from what i heard like the folks that were a part of the show like i still get emails that and I haven't done that like two years almost and like people still email me and DM me like thanking me and that it was created and like it helped them you know talk to people and get into therapy and figure their shit out and I think that's amazing right like I think all this work that I do is a privilege so I and creating tending the garden I think one it's on the website tendingthegarden.love yes dot love but I created Tending the Garden when I was at a 10-day silent retreat. I couldn't write it down. I couldn't write it in some, like, I held that in my head. Like, you can't talk. You can't read. I'm going back to one in November. That thought in my head for two weeks. And then I came out, and we just started kind of, like, banging out ideas for it. And for me, it has gone beyond my dream already, right? Like, I just wanted to do retreats for survivors, like, maybe twice a year and now it's as of this week as of what day is it Thursday as of Saturday Mm. like I will have an official board for this and finish that and open the bank account and separate but also like it's more like now it's online programming our first Mm. programming we did was in April online next one is coming up on the 23rd for non-white non-cis folks check it out it looks amazing I'm not involved in that. Why? Because anything that Tending the Garden does, whoever the population is for, that's who's teaching the classes. Yes, I'm not, you know, I am a Black woman, but that means, like, I don't fit this group right now, right? Like, it is for right. non-cisgendered, not non-cisgendered, non-hetero. Like, it's so many other levels that I'm like, this is amazing. 
So being able to create spaces that don't exist and we're expanding to education stuff. We're trying to create like support groups and doing different, I can't tell you on my business, but there's a lot no, no, of stuff that I'm excited to do with tending the garden and is as affordable and as accessible as I can make it. Right. So mm. we'll be doing a lot of fundraising and stuff because I think that's such a barrier for a lot of folks, especially for, you know, non-white folks let's just let's get to the point we do have less resources we do have less posters like we go missing we get assaulted i'm probably not going to see about it on cnn so creating spaces where people can show up and get support with others that is that's my goal that's my hope is there something that you're willing to share that like you haven't created yet or something that you yeah something you haven't created yet or something that you hope will grow I would love to have like a show, have honest conversations about like what's happening in the world. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. Like if somebody sat me down right now and was like, here's your show. Talk about Robert Kelly. I'd be like, the show, the first day. But I feel like people want honesty on TV, right? Like I want to do like a TV thing, right? I think that would be really cool. I want to continue consulting on mm -hmm. TV shows and whatnot, because I think the way that survivors are depicted is just so weird. So that's, oh like, that's not, why was that a choice? Or yeah. why did you do it that way? Because now people that are watching it might be harmed. But also, do you have a specific example that you're thinking of? No, uh, TV. Yeah. I mean, that's also like, and also like the things that I want to do, it, I don't necessarily need to do it, right? Like I'm helping to mm. train intimacy coordinators so they can go and do that. So, but yeah, I would love to do some type of TV thing. I think, I think I could give a vibe. I also want to work more in like cannabis. So, you know, I've done some talks with people and I think that would be really cool because I know for me, cannabis, and this is just me, like has helped me get more in touch with my body. Also as someone that has chronic pain, it helps navigating like what that looks like and also being like, it's not for everyone, but also there's more than one strain as what we grew up with, like, oh, you have to buy, I didn't buy it back then. Um, I started out bougie at stores, but buying it from the local person, you don't know what you were in, you know, ingesting. I feel like even sometimes today, it's like, okay, I know this person, or they have a storefront, and even still, it's like. Especially now, because fentanyl is and everything, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> and, you know, the language even around that, like trauma. Mm. There's always trauma involved and a lot of people that, you know, get into whatever they get into. It might be because of trauma, but now they're using mm -hmm. different ways and she has dabbled in things. But like fentanyl is poisoning people. We're not saying that they've been over, they're not overdosing, they've been poisoned. Well, no, yeah, I mean, that's, that's legit. That's kind of what exactly what's happening. Like, it's scary. It's scary the amount of things that you realize are like, oh, connected. You're like, hmm, if I go outside, could I die? If I go to the movies, could I die? If I take this Molly pill, can I die? For the Seriously. I die. I feel like we're in the Hunger Games with the Squid Games. Oh, did you? I haven't seen. I haven't started it yet, but I want to. Do it. I just saw a TikTok about how some of the translation got isn't as well done, but it might be the closed captioning that isn't as well translated, which is like a whole another problem in and of itself because it's like. Why are, why are the people who need the actual closed captioning getting subpar translation? Yeah. And, and also, 
first, and I was like, I don't do a voiceover. Oh, God, dubbing? <laughs> I feel like I aged out of that real early. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I want to hear them talk. I remember, maybe we're learning Korean. I was like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not so much. You might be learning something that's not translated well, and then you try to use that on the street, and then you're in trouble. I, th I think about, like, traveling through Korea. I lived in Koreatown. I barely learned any Korean, so, like, that's a whole thing. Um, we're going to dabble a little bit. We talked a little bit about, like, Mercury and retrograde being a... I know you and I, we kind of, like, both have a, a little bit of the interest in the astrology, a little bit of the, like, woo side, even though it's, like, that's different for everybody. Well, I was talking with... Um, Lola. <laughs> she was saying something about like, and I was like, who was I talking to in the squad? Of course, because those are literally the only people I choose to talk to, basically, at this point. But she was saying something about like, um, so some sort of like spiritual, sort of mystical, like ghostly type thing. And she's just like, but I'm not woo at all. And I'm like, everyone has their own levels of woo. And not everyone has to be like, you know, whatever. But I feel like, here's the truth. Here's a, Here's the truth that I feel like People like to pretend they know all these things. And I'm like, Geminis sometimes get a shitty rap. I know. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. When I found out that Andrew supposedly has a Gemini rising, I was like, no. Hi, it's Goddess Cecilia. I wanted to interject really quick to let you know something. Did you know that I provide your favorite sexuality workshops in a private setting to you and your friends? Whether you want to learn all about adult toys or how to have a fun and pleasurable oral experience for the giver and receiver, you can book a session with me based on your group's availability. Not often do you get to have a personalized experience at one of these types of workshops, and I'm super excited to offer it to you. If you decide to join my Patreon page, you also get access to monthly 30-minute private consultations. Everyone should have a sexuality and pleasure educator and consultant in their contacts, and I would be honored to be yours. Okay, back to the bar. What do you think most people don't get about you right away and then end up surprised by? Oh, you know the big thing? And even, like, people that I, like, one of my partners and I were just talking about this, and I'm like, I'm actually a pretty quiet person. And they're like, what? And I'm like... Yeah, like, if I don't know you, like, I'm probably just going to be up there observing. Like, I'm, I'm really quiet and observant until. And people are like, yeah, can you do this? And I'm like, because that works. And that is the trauma queen. Jiminyka likes to just hang out in her underwear watching wrestling. I don't know how many times I got to tell people. Like, but I think for me, that's one thing. And also, I don't love being the center of attention. People are like, ah, Gemini's want to be. I'm like. I actually want you to leave me alone. You know what? This is so funny. I thought about this the other day, and I was like, I fucked up. I should have made a pseudo name, and no one would ever known who I was. So if I disappeared, they wouldn't be like, oh, where is Love Balloon? Where'd that bitch go? I don't know. Right? But now, there's only one that <laughs> Eborn are just Jiminyka in general in the world. So, Well, it's like, how many years too late for that? <laughs> yeah. I fucked myself. Well, you know. Like, people are always like, you don't want to go. And I'm like, mm-mm. And I'm quiet and less. Yeah. No, but I think that that is a thing that people really assume about Geminis is that they can be very outgoing and all that stuff, but in the right setting. And I'd be like, that's enough. I got to go away. Don't talk, don't talk to me for, like, three weeks. Like, um, like I worked for wrestling for, like, 
four days I was in New York and I came, mm. I was like, oh God, my roommate's not home. I want to take all my clothes off. No mask. Can't do that. I've been wearing that all day. And I just wanted to just be quiet. I like sat in my bed quietly eating ramen. Yeah. It's the stimulation. Yeah. Do you find that the pandemic has like increased that a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like, we aren't meant to be solo people. Like humans are not meant to just be like enclosed. We're supposed to be community oriented. And then being in a pandemic, it's a lot of readaptation that I think some people are forgetting. People are like, oh, the world's back open. First of all, it's not. Second, like ease into it. Because yeah. going from like talking to a few people here and then being face value, like it, regardless if you believe it or not, like, it's science, honey. We share energy. Energy is everything around us. And like going from like a small energy space and then going back, it's like, it fucks up your nervous system in a way that I don't think a lot of people realize because it was so calmed and chilled, right? Calmed and chilled because we're in a pandemic. But then mm. have extra stimulation added, like out of the blue, it's a lot. Yeah. I think it's, I think it affects the way that we navigate communication right now. I think it affects hell like remembering to eat and stuff because you're so over <laughs> oh yeah I was just gonna make an analogy like or what does that say about like how some of those people engage in sexual relationships when they're just like you know like fucking go for it without any like lubrication like that's what I think of it's like you gotta ease into it you gotta like take it slow not, like check not. in with your people like you know this isn't there's no race to get to normal because it doesn't fucking exist. Doesn't exist. Take that off the table. Like, this is what we tell people. Like, if you're navigating what sex looks like, take some of that off the table. How about you just enjoy touch? And like this, like, how about we don't try to just go to the biggest concert we can find straight out? Maybe go to, if you really want to go, maybe go to a small bar. And then, mm. and then you add, like, titration is real on going up and going down. Ooh, that's a good word. That's a good one. Yeah, that's legit. I think it is a little bit of like, okay, you know, like, I get it wanting to, wanting the old ways of being or whatever, like the nostalgia piece. And and I feel this way about people who also like are very, um, oh, <laughs> like new technology. I don't know. I'm scared of it, you know, like, or, or like are unwilling to learn. I'm like, okay, and... You know, like, there's got to be forward movement in a way, or movement, not necessarily forward, movement in some sort of way. Always be evolving, because the world around us is evolving. Agree. So, now, I have to ask you about wrestling. I weirdly have a, several people in my life who, like, love wrestling, and, like, go to the shows, and, like, everything, and, like, will travel to go to the shows, so... What is it about wrestling that you love? And, like, how did you get into it? I found wrestling when I was nine years old. Brian Pillman, Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was a time. What does wrestling do for me? One, wrestling has a beautiful community. When you find the right wrestling friends, which I found them via Twitter during the pandemic. Or, like, not during mm. the year, but, like, the beginning of the pandemic when it was, like, stay your ass inside. I was like, well, what am I about to do? Like, I was thankful I lived with my best friend. But then we get tired of looking at each other all day. So I was on Twitter and I was like, oh, there's a community here. 
I love the community and I also love the the stars, right? Like it's mm. it's fake. And I'm like, you ever get dropped on a table? It's a real table, honey. It's a real chair. It's like my my soap opera because there's storylines, mm. there's characters. And then I like when they do things outside. Like there's a YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down, and they do like video games and stuff. Right, I know. They did like an Uno game. I didn't even know I cared that much, but like you get to like learn their personalities and they're so funny. And I bought a goddamn Switch to play Uno. That's how involved I was. But I think it's also like when you're with all those people, like I mentioned, I was in New York, the energy of it is so amazing. Like I can't explain the energy of being with all those people and like caring about this cool product. Yeah. It's a uh, very self-soothing for me because it's self-care versus self-soothing. It's very self-soothing that nothing else exists when I'm out wrestling. Like that, that, I'm just focused on who did what, who just got kicked in the face. Uh, what is this new outfit? Who's about to do what? Like, it's just so stimulating for my brain. That's so funny. I remember being like me personally, I was never really like into, I don't know, like sports. <laughs> in general and but but wrestling was always interesting because of the like characters to me like I don't know any of them like don't quiz me but like I always thought it was cool that they they had these like personas and they had the whole like yeah the like the story and there's like long aren't there like lifelong stories that have been going on forever there's many tales but I think the the most amazing part about wrestling in the last few years literally like the last two two and a half years is the representation like there's Ooh. outward gay folks there's outward lesbians there's non-binary folks there's more black people there's more Asian people there's more like latino folks like that didn't exist like wrestling is predominantly a white man sport which it still is and there's a lot of wrestling fans that are t-rash and racist as of the good old days and the good old boys they still have that oh uh, yeah even old wrestlers like you'll hear interviews and you're like they have a show called Dark, called Dark Side of the Ring. Oh. Like, I don't want to watch wrestling, but I want to be newsy. They, I think they're on season three, comes out today, this episode, and it's just the behind-the-scenes stories of, like, these wrestlers. Oh. God, I heard about this person. Oh, there's a woman named Moolah who was, like, controlling the women's aspects, but also basically was selling them. On a wrestle, I low-key ran a brothel and you need to go sleep with this man wow yeah like shit like that like it's wild it's a very interesting place and Vince McMahon has covered up a lot of crimes I mean it's like it's own like mob family that's like yeah. highly public <laughs> yeah it, it is literally and now there's other companies like other companies have existed but it's like mm. really beautiful to see the different levels of wrestling and the different personas and then Twitter is so accessible. Like you can just talk to wrestlers. Like I'd be in rooms. Mm. I have wrestling friends. I have people now that like write for like the biggest companies. And it's interesting the spaces that I get to be in because I was just like, yeah, no, I also like wrestling. Let's talk about this. And there's also a very interesting correlation between sex, porn, and wrestling. A lot of similar fans, a lot of similar fans. <laughs> Like, really? Yeah, wrestling fans are I mean, nerds. Sex educators. I mean, nerds. 
<laughs> that's true. That's true. And like, like not for nothing, but like wrestling's quite a contact sport. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of body parts and things. Some people's moves are literally putting your genitals on another person. Yeah. Or touching their genitals. Like, you're like, oh, that's a move. Okay. You're just going to put ass in their face. I mean, like, yeah, the whole wrestling, grappling is like a whole, like, there's just, it's very sexual. And I just feel like it's funny to, I mean, I think of it, there's so many parallels and I obviously don't look at it as like a negative thing because this is like the field that I work in, you know, but I feel like people turn it into like, oh, this, it's not about that. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, whatever, it's fine. Like, it's okay that it's a little bit sexual. Like, how'd you get here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think wrestling has definitely been, for me, a safe space to, like, learn and grow. There's so much wrestling that I'm, like, well, the first time I went to a New Japan show, they were in L.A., and I took my roommate. My roommate had never, doesn't watch wrestling at all. It was, like, like just being somewhere, like, I get it now. Watch their face. Yeah, I get that. Okay, I, I know uh, I just saw the time. Last question. What? right now are you finding pleasure in i'm finding pleasure in navigating love for myself with my mm. partners with my friends sometimes i'm like i don't want to talk to none of y'all other days i'm like love is kind of amazing and like we were talking about the waves of it all it's like some days i'm like i have all these people that love me what the fuck <laughs> like but it's also beautiful. So that, that brings me pleasure and it brings me joy. And I feel like there's also a level of like acceptance for mm. yourself. Like when people love you and they're like, yeah, no, I know you do all these things. You're like, but, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know I signed up. I'm in. And I'm like, okay, we're just choosing violence. And they're like, shut up. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's, I, I feel that sometimes I choose violence every day. Just varying degrees of violence. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, like, sometimes just a little step. Sometimes I'm like, just a high kick. Spraying my hammies. Oh, Jim, thank you so much for, for hanging with me this little bit. How can people find you? Tell people all the things, and I'll also share it in the description of this. Oh, yes. You can find me anywhere. For traumaqueen.love is my website. You can find out the offerings I have with working with folks and I have workbooks. I am actually so tea. I'm actually recording classes to sale. I know people are like, do you record? And I'm like, no, I am. So I've already recorded one. And I only teach three classes because too much. So I have one recording. I have two more, which I will put out before I leave for my silent retreat in November. And then tendingthegarden.love. Go to the website. The Instagram is tendingthegarden. Dot or like the number dot SAS follow them tell your friends we have a really beautiful event coming up on the 23rd and the speakers are giving away tickets so follow them nice nice i always am so like happy to have you in my life even though we don't always get to see each other all right well thanks jim bye thank you bye everyone Well, friends, it's time to go our separate ways. I hope your body and brain are fully satiated and stimulated from today's episode. 
Make sure you rate and review today's episode and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Lastly, head on over to goddesscecilia.com. That's G-O-D-D-E-S-S-C-E-C-I-L-I-A.com to find out how you can connect with my guests and me and how you can be a part of the Raw Bar regulars. See you next time.